Hello guys, welcome to the Raising Girls podcast with Irene Bangla. I'm excited about this particular episode today because I'm starting a whole new series. See, every month of May, I dedicate it to talking about sex education for girls. Um, this year it's a bit different. I want to do a lot more around it. I maybe may take beyond the month of May. But I want, to follow, I want you to follow me over the next four episodes of my podcast because I'm going to be talking um, about different aspects of sex, uh, um, sex education for girls in particular. Um, yeah, it might take more than four episodes, but I promise you it's going to be awesome. One thing I'm going to ask is please get people listening to this podcast. Put it on your WhatsApp status, share it on your social media handles, share it across friends, family groups, um, old girls, old boys association, WhatsApp groups. Get as many parents of girls as possible to listen to this podcast because I'm excited to say that I am ready to give information that previously has been my exclusive right to something I used to do only with my kids, but I'm bringing it out to the world so that together we can raise a generation of really empowered girls with balanced perspectives to life. So I'm going to be taking a short break. When I come back today, we'll start the sex education series today, and I trust it will be worth your time. All right, welcome back to the Raising Girls podcast with Irene Bangwell. And today, um, this episode is tagged Sex Ed for Everyone. Um, you know, I always like to start with stories, all right? Um, so sometime last year, I had to bring in a relative to come stay with I and the girls. Um, it was a very interesting time. We're starting a new school project at the time, yes. We're starting the NOSC 100 Nari Day School. Um, 100 Nari Day, 30 cents a day school for kids from low-income family families so it was really hectic for me so I needed someone at home to like get the back end covered and all so we got this person everything looked all right on the surface um, but um, when this person was coming I did some social media snooping and um, I, I didn't feel good about it but this is the only choice we had all right so this person comes in and um, I'm just okay I'm a mentor to girls so I'm like okay normally Whatever the case is, we should be able to handle it and all. And this lady comes in and um, she's with us for quite some time. And then before I knew it, um, one day I came home and found this sheet of paper that had all kinds of things written on it. There was, have you had a blowjob before? Are you horny? All, all kinds of stuff, right? Um, 22 questions actually written on a sheet of paper. Um, but the frightening thing was I found this paper um, in a in a in a space like a, a box where the kids have their toys their art supplies this is where they would easily go to and my girls read anything on their path um from billboards to books to sheets of paper they read everything and so the first thing i had to do was find out if the girls had read this and it would be a problem for me because if my girls had read this they would ask me and my, old, my eldest would Google. And that was where I started having issues. Um, so I came in, did some asking around and got to know the girls had not seen it. Apparently, this lady was writing this thing before I got home. So when I, she heard the horn, that's where she threw it and, and then I drove in. Fortunately for me, the girls didn't see it. Um, but that wasn't all. That was the beginning of a new, entire new cycle. Um, she would do things and tell the kids, don't tell mommy. And guess what? Irene Bangwell, close to her kids, the kids won't tell me. Um, until something happens maybe in the future after this lady's gone, then I start to hear things. One of the things I started to hear 
was who would tell mommy because that was the thing she was passing on to them all right who would tell mommy um a couple of other things but one of the things this taught me was number one if we're bringing in people to live in our homes with our girls one of the things we need to check is their moral values for many times when we're bringing in people to help us whether it's for short or long stay our priority is usually on their competence when you're raising girls you can't do that you can't focus on only that especially when you're bringing in other girls now don't forget that these other girls are coming from different environments they may be coming from realities where no one is telling them about the standards and the values that you have in your home but guess what they're in and anyone who spends a reasonable amount of time with your kids in your absence without your supervision is going to have some form of control. If you're a stay-at-home mom um, or you're on leave or um, maybe you, for instance, I work in a school, assuming I go out with everyone to work and I'm always around, it reduces the person's influence on the kids. But if this person can spend one hour, two hours alone with the kids, you're not home, just you and them, that just the person and them that person is going to be a big influence on your kids so you really need to pay attention to people's personal moral values when they're coming i would say it's better to bring in an unskilled moral person than a skilled immoral person all right and sometimes the immoral also comes in the unskilled package we need to choose carefully we need to be patient and sometimes we need to pay the price of being alone with the kids until we find the person we're looking for so for me that was point number one point number two um I learned through this process that you have to be your children's source of sex education. Um, because we talk a lot with the girls, I overheard my girl talking, my first daughter talking to this relative one time and just saying stuff like, um, talking to her about menstrual hygiene and health and stuff. And this relative with all the good intentions in the world, I'm told that, well, um, when you start seeing a period, it means a man shouldn't touch you. Um, well, at the level of sex education I was giving my kids, we're not talking about men touching or not touching because I was trying to personalize menstruation. In fact, what I taught my daughter was menstruation is where women see how powerful they are in terms of being able to create other, to bring life into the world. So it wasn't from the context of you have sleep with a man because um, it's not in our realm of conversations just yet. So I called attention to it. I say, you know what, darling, when you go into people's homes and the kids try to open up sex education related conversations with you, try not to have it. Ask them to talk to their moms about it. Ask them to talk to their dads about it. Why am I saying this? Because people who come into our homes may not be familiar with our principles, may not be familiar with our value systems. So it means as parents, we have to be available to answer our children's questions. We should be the one they're talking to. They should, especially for girls, they should easily walk up to us and say, mom, is this thing true? I heard this, I heard that. And usually when I talk about sex education, I say, what you say to your kids is not as important as what they're able to come back to say to you. Because what they come back to say to you is some sort of status update. They hear something in school, meet or truth, they bounce it off you. They hear something here, they bounce it off you. So you become a part of their sex education system. And that journey 
is for a lifetime. When they become wives, they want to talk to you, mommy, how do I do this? So it reduces the influence of people who give half-baked information or fake information or false information or, you know, those peer conversations that go around. So we have to be a part of our children's information bank. Then finally, when you bring people's kids into your homes, you have to understand that you didn't raise them and they're coming from a different background. You cannot afford to give sex education to only your daughters and not the people in your home. Because of age difference, you do have to talk to them at different times. That means I would talk to my um, now, now nine-year-old a bit differently from how I would talk to her seven-year-old sister. And here's the thing, I'll talk to the nine-year-old and I'll talk to the seven-year-old, but I'll also talk to the teenagers in the house because the reality of the teenagers is somewhat different. They also need me as a guide. What my kids are looking for in terms of sex education support is the same thing the teenagers in the home need me for. So if I'm shaping everybody's values, especially the older kids, my children are the first beneficial, um, beneficiaries of it because when the teenage girls are upright in their thinking and responsible in their thinking, it rubs off on my girls. My girls are better for it. They have better role models. And if they're spending a long time with, with these teenagers, they're getting a lot of value from them because this is value I already invested in them. So today I was talking about dealing with the people in our homes and that sex education should be for everyone. Sex education support should be for everyone. Make the time. If these people are going to stay at home with your kids, make the time to invest in their own values. Help them shape their own values. Help them have that sense of worth you're trying to give to your kids so that they also make sexual decisions from this point of view. Because what they do with themselves is some sort of modeling to your kids. They have some sort of influence on your kids. So you have the responsibility of impacting on them so that what they share with your kids is something quality enough. I don't know if you got some value from this. Do me a favor, share this podcast and tell everyone you know to listen to this. All right? So if you're listening to me, you're going through an issue with your child that is sex education related. It's a simple thing. Just send me an email, all right? Irene.bangrel at gmail.com. Send me an email. I have a survey that I'm asking parents who are going through sex-related challenges with their kids to complete, and I'll be happy to help you. I know I'm going to be taking a short break right now. When I come back, you'll be hearing the voice of my little girl, Bryona Bangwell. So, good day. My name is Bryona Bangwell. And today I'm going to be talking on bird catching. To catch a bird, hmm? Do not let the bird see you. Okay, because birds have sense. So, when you want to catch a bird, make sure you've set a trap. Because as long as you're moving, the birds can sense danger. So, when you're setting a trap for birds, do not let them notice you're there. So you can set a trap that works. So like you have a bird and all, and you like you want to catch a bird and that, so you can set a trap so that 
it works as soon as a bird gets into the trap. Thank you. So we had a lot of fun sharing with you today. We hope you got some value. Stay in touch with us. See you in our next podcast.